Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the kachat it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop i don't know man how are you doing i'm pretty good how about you i'm doing all right uh before we jump into this episode there's been something i've been meaning to bring bring up Mm -hmm. for like i don't know several weeks if not months now and i've forgotten every time yeah as everyone knows we both check the email account but i wanted to know have you ever read any of the emails from chartable that get sent to like a chat at gmail.com if you want to send us stuff that's where you do it Hmm. probably like one a long time ago sure they seem like spam and john they might be spam but mm-hmm. they keep so the idea of Chartable is it's sort of a third party like podcast analytics app. So you can like sort of get more information about your podcast and whatnot. But at some point, they started sending a weekly update for the chat, I think without me doing anything to prompt that. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows us uh, the movements we've had on charts. Nice. And now I'm not sure what you're wondering is what charts? Because to be on a chart, you have to be a certain rank on the chart. And you're right. We are on exactly one chart. Oh. And uh, as of, let's see, when was this set? January 2nd, so six days ago, seven uh, as of recording, as of uh, publishing this episode, uh, we were number 67, the... Uh, the number 67 comedy podcast in Madagascar. Okay. Now, a big part of me, and I'm sure you'll understand this urge, a big part of me was like, never double check this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Never ever do anything that could prove to you that this is mistaken somehow. Mm -hmm. But, a bigger part of me was very curious, so I went to our uh, uh, our hosting site, where you can look at country-by-country country statistics, and I checked, over the last 24 months, we have had exactly two downloads from the country of Madagascar. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so I am pretty inclined to, br- to believe... Podbean over Chartable, mm-hmm. especially because I went and I, I clicked on some stuff today uh, to go look at it. 
Unchartable, and it says our peak position was the number 12 comedy podcast in Madagascar. Okay. (laughs) I don't know, man. There is a source that claims we are the number 67 comedy podcast in the country of Madagascar. So what I'm wondering is should we be catering to that audience more? All right. So I let's guess a number for population of Madagascar. It's got to be like 30 million people, right? All right. So 30 million. Unfortunately, I did look this up, John, earlier. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's 29 million. That was incredible. Okay. Okay. Well, 30 Let's round it to 30 million. Sure, yeah, but I'm just saying good estimation on your part. Uh, You take that, and then you figure how many people listen to podcasts. If you assume... At least two. If you assume that maybe 30% of people listen to podcasts, which is really high. Yeah. And then you assume that... uh, 30% of those people listen to comedic podcasts. Sure. All right. And then you assume that due to popularity bias, the amount of podcasts that are comedic that are listened to is focused down. You can assume that maybe there is like, in general... 50 podcasts that are comedic that they listen to that are all wildly successful by standards of me, which means like a very substantial following again for a person like me who thinks that uh, a few thousand would be substantial. Yeah. All right. So after that, you said we were what number? 67? Yes, I do want to also point out, I've just looked up, uh, the number one language spoken in Madagascar is called, and I'm going to mispronounce this a bit, Malagasy, I want to say. All right. Two is French, and then the number three is English. So I think we need to cut that number down even a little bit more. All right. So assume that, just cut it by a third again of maybe if we're assuming that for some reason a third of the population speaks English. Sure. All right. And then we assume that for some reason they're only counting podcasts that are in English. Yeah, I I was, I guess I was more aiming towards people who could conceivably listen to our podcast, Mm -hmm. but that didn't actually work. Because that boosts it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It boosts our chances quite a bit. Uh, And then we go like, okay, so top 50, sure. The exponential decrease after number 50 is going to be notable. So do you think that it's conceivable that we could whittle it down to, yeah, 67 makes sense? John, no. (laughs) We have two downloads. That's not even... A download is not even necessarily has listened to an episode. That has that is at most, I think, started an episode. Maybe less. Maybe opened our podcast on a podcatcher. All right, but let's do this math. Sure. Okay. All right. 
30. We were on the Fermi team, right? We can do this. All right, so let's say 22,000 people uh, listen to the number 50 podcast. All right? Okay. And the decrease is exponential, right? So if 22,000 people listen to the 50, 50th most popular uh, comedic podcast, yeah, I don't think the math works on this. No, I think someone made a mistake along the line. But I'm certainly going to maybe make a new Twitter banner for us <laughs> that says the number 67 comedy podcast in Madagascar. According uh, to. I, I, I was going to put under it was my, my thought was to attribute it to a probably unreliable source. <laughs> fair so i love it pretty good pretty good yeah so yeah we've made it we've this is the benchmark that all podcasts strive for to get to by episode 150 and johnny we're only on episode 144 so Mm -hmm. we're ahead of schedule absolutely we are crushing it it's the only thing it's the only way you could really put it is that we're crushing it Yep. I mean, there's nothing else to it, really. No, we should just end the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've not... been John Bishop. <laughs> but we're not going to. Ah, Do we say enough. our names at the end of the episode? I genuinely can't remember. Right no. Now. Okay. I think we tried to for a while, but never remembered to do it. So we just stuck to the sign-off. Makes sense to me. Anyway, <laughs> this episode... We thought we would try out a new mini-series, and I know what you're thinking. Don't you have, like, 50 mini-series, several of which you've never revisited after the first or second episode? And the answer is yes. But Well, I was going to say the answer is obviously no. That would be one in every three just about, and of course it's not that. It's more like one in every four. Yeah. <laughs> I like coming up with them more than I like going back to them. And I like going back to them. It's just more fun to come up with new ones. But anyway, (laughs) this week, uh, I thought we'd try something. I can't decide between the Kachat canon, uh, the Carsverse canon. What what do you think? What, 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 What works for a name for you, John? The, uh, the Kachanan. <laughs> I was gonna like make a really, really long name that's like the Cars vs. Kachat Cannon. Sure. And then like add conundrum in there somehow. Sure. But I really do like the, <laughs> the Kachanan. Well, nobody's gonna know what that means. Hopefully you clicked on this episode after seeing that title. And now Let's see. Ten minutes in? That's not good. Understand what that means. <laughs> well, we haven't told you. Uh, <laughs> what I thought we would do is revisit some of our biggest topics. You know, uh, are the cars biological or mechanical? Is Major a god? Were there ever humans? Or is this a separate universe? And come up with some definitive positions. Mm. Uh, that the that we w- could go back and reference 
And I don't necessarily want this in future episodes to make it like we exclude certain pathways. If we decide that the cars do definitely have a squishy bit, I still want us to be able to say, oh, but if they're fully mechanical, this would be interesting in this way. So there's that. But I do want to just keep a list, a living document that, I don't know, maybe I'll post a link to on Twitter from our decisions today. But if they're bad, I probably won't. Uh, of just definitive things we have decided about the cars first and its internal workings. All right. Now, will we be discussing topics such as squishy a bit, as you mentioned, today? I figured that was a good one. Uh, we come back to it a lot, and I also figured it was a quick one because we seem to lean a very certain way on this one. Mm. Now, uh, Rory has some strong opinions about this, it would seem. I mean, either I, that or he's teething again. I mean, by his age, he should, you know, like you should yeah. be thinking about these big questions, especially seeing as how he's got that uh, Lightning McQueen uh, drip, as I believe the kids say. As Lizzie said, when she texted me a picture and video, he is, in fact, fitted up today mm. uh, in his Lightning McQueen. Yes, John, correct drip. So he is properly fit up. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think I want to also establish here at the top, I think it's fine if we do some debate back and forth and say, eh, this is inconclusive. You know, we don't. All right. If, if we go at it and we can't decide, that's okay. We can throw it on the document and say, I don't know, man. Who knows? Okay. Well. The goal is to not do that, though. <laughs> let's start off the episode yeah. talking about something incredibly important. Yeah. And that is fan mail. Yeah. We have recently received mail from a fan. Mm -hmm. Someone who has claimed to be a fan. Uh but also could not be a fan on account of they are a wizard and wizards have wily ways. That's true. Uh, their their name that was sent to us is Wizard6171 or 6171. Or 6171. Thank you, John. Uh, and they basically said, you know, cars in this universe have been seeing drinking gas, but at times they're also fueled like normal cars. They also eat. This suggests they have digestive tracts. However, does eating fill up their tanks? We've seen them run out of gas, so how would they filter out the gas they drink from the food they eat? Does that gas drink? Does the gas they drink enter the tank or just the stuff put directly into the tank? Uh, and they go on to ask if they don't need to eat, why do they have teeth? You're asking the correct questions, my friend, the wizard. If mm -hmm. you have a different name you want us to call you, uh after listening to this episode please let us know although i will say i enjoy calling you the wizard it makes me feel like griffin mcelroy from my brother my brother and me i was going to say we have recently pointed out that we do have a tendency to uh borrow liberally from the mcelroys <laughs> and uh having a the wizard to go to is pretty great it is you all haven't listened to my brother my brother and me but you do listen to this you should probably check out my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a reason they are very successful. But anyway, I think these are excellent questions. And ones I think we've gotten into before, but never mm -hmm. really said anything definitive about. 
I think it would be helpful for us to debate squishy bit and then go on to food. Do you agree? Because I think that's going to be very relevant. Yes, but But. I will say something very definitive about at least one of these questions. Yeah. We know that at least one creature has teeth to show off their godhood. Now, we don't know that, John. That is the, the whole point of this the Kachanan's canon. <laughs> no, hang on. The whole point of this is to hash it out. That God King Mater has hath wrought unto man his his uh, righteous. I don't want to say fury. I, do. I don't want to say mischief. I, I want to say something that's somewhere in between. But that, uh, based solely upon his powerful, powerful separated teeth. That is a good point, but not one I'm going to write in the document. Okay. Yet, we can come back to it. All right. And John, I'll go so far to say I want to come back to it, even if it's not in this episode. Okay. But, John, biological versus mechanical versus somewhere in between. Mm. Right off the bat, give me your gut or lack of a gut feeling. Somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, the the point of this little series is we're going to debate, but like I think John and I are perfectly aligned in this one. Mm-hmm. Like the the debate here would seem to be, what do we think that means? Because we've talked about squishy bit, and then in our last episode we discussed that oh, one of us thinks of this weird gelatinous being, and the other one thinks of a bug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just not much to say here. I think we've definitively come to the understanding that they are a being inside a metal shell. I think another place where it gets a little hazy and we could maybe try to clear up a little bit is if the metal shell is separate from them or fully integrated into their like being. Mm. Uh, But I think we are in agreement that there is a squishy bit inside there that is somehow linked to their mechanics whether they are uh, uh, like driving it like they are in a i'm so uh, in a jaeger from pacific rim Mm -hmm. or if it's more of their they're a cyborg Mm. you know type deal or a jaeger from pacific rim 2 that (laughs) is a fusion of the two that's true pacific rim 2 is not very good though it's not it's not. I'm sad. Yeah, always. First one's so good. We can't, we do this constantly, specifically about Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what do you think, going, expounding a bit on Squishy Bit, uh, do you think, You just what I said, are they driving it, or is it, are they like the character cyborg from DC Comics? I think they're more like the character Cyborg from Teen Titans, the TV show. I'm going to write these later because I can't do it while successfully co-hosting a podcast, I've realized. <laughs> All right. See, so the, the distinction the... that I have to make here is that there is a strange thing where Cyborg will go from anywhere from like 50% to 100% robot in the comics. That's true. Uh, in Teen Titans, the show, when we watched it, 
it was, of course, that he was supposed to be half and half, but it was very clearly he was mostly robotics and then like some strips of skin and then like a brain. Yeah. Which all very strange because we've seen him be completely taken apart in one episode. And then the power of humanity put him back together, which I don't know if you know this audience, but isn't a thing that humans can do. But uh, there's clearly something going on with the fact that he seems to be mostly robot, but also weirdly organic because mechanical bits tend to not uh, have that much give and take and flexing and just comedic expression. And also, why does he eat so much? He does. I mean, you know, maybe this can help us in our question from the wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this could help us a lot with the wizard in that, you know, maybe... Because he does have to charge. Cyborg has to charge his batteries. Mm-hmm. But he also has a lot of human in there as his arc with Brother Blood uh, somewhat confusingly, I will agree, <laughs> concluded. But as I whispered, very compellingly ended as well. Uh, so maybe it's like the cars. Uh, moving on to that a little bit, I feel as if the cars have to eat for the squishy bit and have to get gas for the mechanical bit but they interchange a bit more than you might think. Yes. Like, they can't survive on just gas and oil alone, and they can't survive on just food alone either. Mm. But they can maybe draw a little bit of the energy from their separate halves into their whole, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I think that eating is strictly uh, an affectation. Okay. I think that food is a thing they can consume, but not something they need. You know, that's... The two things we have said are the things I go back and forth on, because I also sometimes decide that about the cars. I think the whole obsession with corn and lemons, people don't just eat those two things. And if you, like, take all of the things we've seen them eat, it's wasabi. You've seen them eat wasabi. And then there's wasabi, lemons, corn. We know that they love corn. We know that lemons are a big thing just because of a racial slur. Yeah. Uh, So maybe those things are just prevalent because of cultural things, but maybe food is only a cultural thing of like, oh, we eat this to remind us of where we came from. And then it like pans slightly over to the manufacturer, but before you see anything in the shadows, it pans back. Yeah, I could. I could definitely see that. I think there is a bit more food than you've mentioned, but like not enough to, you know, contradict that. Hmm. And there certainly are several more examples of them drinking oil or drinking gasoline. Mm hmm. So, and they mention the taste when they do that. So that is not 
purely for refueling purposes. There is like... You can taste something and it not be something that you actually process. Yeah, but I, I'm saying for the, the gasoline and the, the oil has a taste. They comment on it. Uh, like, I think lightning... Vitamin mulch. Yeah, vitamin mulch. That has a smell, but that's fertilizer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> lightning, I think, tries... Uh, as always, I've forgotten his name. Why is this the one? Uh, the hippie van? Help me out. Fillmore? Fillmore. Jesus Christ. Uh, he Just tries... remember, he tries to fill you with more than just gas. That's true. But <laughs> lightning tries his organic fuel... Uh, and he comments on the taste of it. So there is a culinary aspect to fuel and whatnot. But I'm imagining maybe... I'm leaning more towards your side of it, and that maybe they just have a separate little place it goes, Mm -hmm. and they just release it onto the ground. Not as poop. It's like chewed up grossness. Yep. Which does bring us back to the terrible question of do they duty? And if so, out of where? And if where, why mouth? All right. Unfortunately, I was thinking about, and at some point we need to go back and clarify these are the actual points entering the Kachanan. Uh, but I'll follow you down this rabbit hole a little bit further. <laughs> because unfortunately, I was thinking of the vampires from Twilight. And how they don't have to eat. They but can, they can. Eat, But if they do, they have to throw it up later. Uh-huh. And that what winds- better analog do we have for uh, an incredibly powerful, incredibly fast being that is made of a very hard substance that can eat but shouldn't. That loves baseball and the band Muse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty good, man. And like And has a strong sense of smell. I don't yeah. I don't have a better one. They eat the food and then they throw it up. It's not poop. They don't poop out their mouths, because that's a different thing. They throw it up. Okay, I don't like if they digest they it, it and they don't have a butt, then it is poop. But they don't digest it, I wouldn't think, you know? Okay. Because, like... So, is the Kachanan's stance that they don't need to eat food, food? I think for now... I think I th- Rory thinks that they do, in fact, need to eat. I think Rory thinks he needs to eat. I don't know anything about babies that... Uh, at- 6.30 p.m.? That sounds wrong. Uh, uh, at 6.30 p.m., he knows that he doesn't want to have his nails clipped again. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> he threw a fit because his toenails were really long. And uh, much to his mother's chagrin, so are mine. Well, you said a bad example for the boy, John. I wear socks. He doesn't know. <laughs> oh, okay. He's not... He's never seen his father's toes. He's always too young. He's too young for that horror. <laughs> anyway. For for the those of you listening who have no idea, uh, I have 
feet that have been described as hobbit-like and goblin-like. So have fun with that. I had a friend in high school uh, who described my toes as puppy toes and never expanded on that when I asked her what that meant. Now, I would describe Lucas's feet as dead feet. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, I walk you so know what? loud. Let's not, let's not explain it. Let's not explain why that is. But to answer your question from what seems like a while ago, I'm willing to let it enter the Kachana that they can eat but don't have to, much All like right. the vampires from Twilight. I think it's Which... a little, it's a little rockier than mm-hmm. Squishy Bit. I think Squishy Bit is a home run. Yeah, like, I'm saying if there's evidence or if we think of another theory, we can challenge this bit of Kachanan. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to let it enter for now. They don't have to eat, but they can. But much like the vampires from Twilight, they have to throw it up later. The Kachanan is a lazy science. Yes. Uh, it can change when it needs to uh, once we learn more information. But also, we're not going to be working hard to prove anything. I'm also going to say, well, I do kind of want this to be a series we do. If we ever feel super strongly we figured out something new during a regular episode, I think we can call to add it to the Kachanan. Does that Fair sound enough. kind of fun to you? Absolutely. Good. Okay, so what we've got so far in the Kachanan, they do have squishy bits that are integrated with their mechanics, sort of cyborg-like, and the eating thing that we've gone over. Mm -hmm. Anything else need to be in there? Well, we do have to address the question, then why do they have teeth? Because they can eat, but they don't need to. So, again, there's still no need for teeth. That's true. And also, do they have stomachs? Do they have stomachs that are just sacks that can be emptied? Or is this, again, a Twilight situation where they once were human or something akin to human, and then they became this, and it's vestigial at this point? I was thinking it similarly to Twilight. And I don't know or remember too much about the lore of Twilight, but I imagine when the vampires suck blood, the blood still goes into their stomach, yeah? So I don't know. I would have to imagine. Where else would it go? It may go into their blood. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to say it goes into their stomach. Like There's some weird vampire lore out there that is basically the reason they need blood is because that's the part of them that needs to kind of still be alive and pumping, Mm. and it just goes bad quickly, so they need to keep replacing it. I'm willing to believe that, but I still think that if you bit a person and sucked out their blood, it would still go to your stomach unless their biology has changed wildly to throw a new organ in there, which is possible. See, what I have issue with is how do vampires drink blood? Because I have had this weird assumption since childhood Can that... Can I guess it? Yeah. Holes in their teeth. Holes in their teeth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best evidence I've ever gotten is from, of course, Billy and Mandy. You know the scrape and lick method? Scrape and lick, sure. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I assume that it's like your teeth are just straws. You puncture, and much like a snake, there are holes and tubes that lead to 
some sort of organ or organelle, uh, but much unlike a snake, it sucks instead of sprays. That's fair. I think still what what I imagine from vampires is they create a wound and then remove their teeth or just leave their teeth there and it would just bleed around them, you know, and then just, you know, basically give them a hickey, but suck up the blood doing that. But that would mean they're not more like mosquitoes. It, I mean, a yeah, famous but... <laughs> blood drinking creature. Yeah, but I don't know. They don't have to be like mosquitoes. We're getting off subject. I am arguing that they have an organ, still a stomach, that is there to process nutrients, even Mm. if blood is a different kind of nutrient that is needed to like redirect to their heart or something. It is still where stuff goes in, you know? Mm. So I am imagining when they become a vampire, their stomach, and I promise I'll relate this back to cars, uh, is repurposed to be that processing plant for the incoming blood. And when they put other stuff in there, they got to get rid of it. So I'm imagining something very similar for cars in that they have a tank. They can throw it right in the tank if they need to, but they also have a stomach because clearly they, you know, drink stuff through their mouth. uh, And it goes to what I imagine is if not an actual stomach, something very similar to a stomach where it is processed and sent to where it needs to be. So when they put food in there, they got to get rid of it. Okay. Because it gums up the works. All right. I don't think that explained why they have teeth. Don't know about that. I but think it's, I think that it's explained vestigial. Stomachs. Yeah. I think the teeth and if they have a stomach, all vestigial. It's it's like tails that some people do have. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've covered biological mechanical real well. But as you've mentioned, I think there's another big, big subject that we always come back to that you've just sort of hinted at there. And that is, did they come from humans or is this a completely separate universe? You want to get into that? Do we feel like we've established some solid Kachanan about the biological nature of the cars? I think, yes, I think we've established that. I think that our best thing to go off right now is Wally. Yeah. Okay. The humans and the robots had this specific relationship and then the humans come back and they're not able to really survive except for maybe some of them because we see those happy images at the end. Uh, And I think that there's this weird blending of robot and man or man and chair and then somewhere along the lines robot and man fused And there are some creatures that live in the shadows and are the manufacturer. I did want to get to the manufacturer. That's very good. I was maybe thinking we could go a bit more vague. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I love the origin stories. I don't know that any of the origin stories uh, where we connect it through another movie are strong enough on their own. Well, uh, anything with just the word magic in it yeah, just true. kind of wins because that's how magic works. Uh, a soft magic system can be best explained by a wizard did it. Yeah. And if a wizard did it, that means anything can happen. Anything goes. And it's personally not a 
writing style I'm a fan of. Sure. So there are there are some very strong candidates, but they are all equally strong. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we can ascribe it to just Wally because if we could do that, we could ascribe it to just you know Toy Story or Turbo Teen or Vampires, etc. You know. So I, it always I, comes back to vampires. It does more than you would think in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do agree. Yeah, I do agree that I more often lean towards this is a post-human society. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, whether that means they evolved from humans, or there was some beam that you know just shifted reality very suddenly into, ah, everyone's cars now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oops, all cars. Yes, if you will. Uh, because there's just too much similar about our societies that wouldn't need to be similar, you know? Mm-hmm. They didn't need to have World War II, you know? They really didn't. And they... when you think about it, neither did we. Because people are terrible sometimes. That's very brave of you, John, to say that we shouldn't have done World War II in general. Everyone. Not the U.S., just no one should have killed each other, like, ever. World War II shouldn't have happened. Yes, there we in go. In fact, war shouldn't happen. Hey, that's I'm going to make the, the boldest stance ever. Uh, hurting people is bad. That's, I'm typing that in the doc. I may delete it because it's not part of the Kuchan and it's part of the the personal Lucas philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And I think my favorite way to explain uh, the transition from cars to uh, from humans to cars, or at least how they seem to remember the past, is they're like I don't know how to best phrase it. They're like altered memories or altered history in that they had world war ii but maybe not as cars and planes and whatnot they cannot conceive of a world in which they were ever not vehicles uh so when they look back at world war ii and are like a bunch of planes and boats killed each other and they're like yeah and they were sentient why would they not be it does work with a quote that we've got where it's the last person who was in the vehicle. Yeah. Which it it just goes like this. Everything happened. And then at one point in time, a big flash of magic happened and everyone is now the last vehicle they were in. All of a sudden, everyone's memories are completely changed to fit with that. And everything else is just cars-based nonsense. It's a brave two, if you will. Yeah. So, and this I wouldn't enter in as part of the Kachanan, but God, I've gotten way too used to saying those nonsense syllables that Mm -hmm. I made up earlier today. Uh, I would maybe think of it as... This is going to be one of the niche ref, uh, references. Do you know the Justice League episode where they go and they accidentally enter into like what seems like the past, but it's actually a kid's psychic projections of the past of like the Justice Society of America? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very good episode. Two-parter, I think. Uh, <laughs> but basically, I am imagining that one being probably Mater. No, this is the whole point of this. It was Mater was a person with powerful, powerful psychic abilities, and he did basically uh, that or a Wanda Maximoff, No More Mutants, or Westview from WandaVision, and he is the architect of this new world, a la Wanda from WandaVision. That's the better metaphor. That's the more relevant one, at the very least. Makes sense. I guess Belle is upset about it, though. She's not a fan. She thinks that that is too easy. I mean, I would enjoy exploring, like, the robots took over, or, like, this is the natural course of evolution. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think there's solid enough evidence for any of those, you know? I think there is solid enough evidence that there were humans and now they're not, but how that happened, I can't think of it. Fair. But let's think of it like this. Yeah. Uh, Loki Mm -hmm. wanted to give his dear old dad a gift for his birthday. So he transformed himself into a being that would then sleep with another being so that he could produce an eight-legged horse, the best horse. Yes. Now, imagine if someone with that kind of extreme power had the general demeanor of a Mr. Tomater. Be bad. Not only would it be bad, it would make things like, well, I guess we're all cars now, a not only an occurrence everyone could accept, but one that is expected and would happen on the regular. Yeah. The only question is, how has it lasted this long? How has he not changed it to something else crazy? I'm wondering if, in his great flash of power, he exerted so much power. And again, I'm not throwing this into the Kachanan unless we hit some gold here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in his great flash of power, he did exerted so much that it affected himself. You know, mm. it affected his memory, his mind. Now he has flashes of this power, but can't fully remember how to use it. Remember that he like the scale of it, etc. He done broke his power. Yes. Ah, I see. I understand. And is good. Uh, another the the world you're describing uh because we can only reference superheroes on the show reminds me very much of uh sort of the emperor joker story in the comics where joker gets mr mixelpitalix powers mhm now wouldn't that be batmite's powers that he got i don't know man they both do some wild stuff uh <laughs> i just assume that if it's involving anything in the the batman mythos that it's got to be batmite uh, no, it was Mixelpidalic. Come on. What are you doing, Mixelpidalic? <laughs> or as uh, some people say, Mixelspitlick. Ugh. I've also heard like a, there's so, some pronunciations where they throw an extra syllable in there, like Mixiolpidalic. Mixius? Like yeah, I don't yeah, know. Mixiuspitlick or Mixiuspitlick? If you don't know what we're talking about, that's fair. It sounds like we're saying gibberish words, and we kind of are. That's how <laughs> writing works, you see. 
you make something up and it's basically nothing until you decide it's something. And I've specifically started reading some comics recently. Like I read through the run of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and it's phenomenal. But I was struck with like, this is basically nonsense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Compelling nonsense, but nonsense all the same. How do you feel about Superboy? Superboy Prime, that is. Uh, he wasn't in this one. Super he wasn't Prime. in that one? Th- Which one is... was it that he done killed everyone? Where he punched through reality. That may be Final Crisis. Okay. Uh, there are too many with Crisis in the title, but this is the one where the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor are doing stuff. All right. Uh, it's the first ever, well, maybe not the first ever, the first big comic event. Hmm. Because I remember that the Monitor has to die in order for Superboy Prime to be the big bad. I don't know, man. That didn't Because he wears the anti-monitor's armor. Sure. That sounds like some stuff they'd say in comics. And yeah. I do know, I know the one you're referencing where he punches a hole in reality because that's, God, what a sentence to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comics are great sometimes. They are. I'm reading the Hawkeye run. The big famous one. It's so uh, good. Spectre. Uh, I think it's Matt Fraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not and, sure why I said Spectre. And David Aja, maybe. But anyway, mm. uh, it's very good. You should read it. Uh, I have. Yeah, I was. That was more for the audience. So, I think we can say, cars. Can, cars. There used to be humans, and I would add that the cars are future versions of humans. Or is that mm. going even too far? I would say that they are something that used to be human. Yes, that, that was a better way to put it. Now, do we want to dive into the manufacturer? Or is that a bit too nonsensical? Is that a bit too much, us putting our own mustard on the ball? Now, I personally think the manufacturer is just a phenomenal crutch. <laughs> it is. And I think that... It would be ridiculous for us to not acknowledge that that is a thing that we accept to be true. Yeah. Whether or not we think that it is actually true or just something that we will always assume to be true, that's completely different. That's true. I'm realizing more and more this will work also as almost like an index Mm -hmm. for the wild terms we throw out with no regard for people listening for the first time of course so that's good to be able to be like oh maybe the manufacturer did it or oh maybe mater did it with their god powers and them to be able to go what the hell are they talking about and go go do some further research (laughs) that's what you want for your comedy podcast that's why we're number 67 baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah I, th- I we, we should at the very least debate the manufacturer. I agree with that. Uh, because there is no no holds bar. There is something called the manufacturer in the cars first. Mm-hmm. And now, we have posited. <laughs> is the argument that the creation that we have assumed to be true isn't something that we can say is the Kachanan? It's rough because we need to decide what we want the Kachanan to be. Mm. Do we want the Kachanan to be our real, actual thoughts of how we explain the Karsverse lore? 
Uh, or do we want the Kachanan to be, this is what the Kachat says? Because <laughs> those are, folks, those are different things. <laughs> is it, I'm, I'm this not is saying... what the Kachat believes to be true, or this is what the Kachat thinks you have to accept? Yeah, that's another good way to put it. <laughs> I'm willing, you know what? I'm willing to put our version of the of the manufacturer in the Kachanan. I think you're right that it's important to the Kachat, our dumb version of the manufacturer. So now, just, how far are we going with this? Are we yeah. saying that the statement there is some sort of being or creature that exists on the world that keeps things running and keeps making these things and keeps like everything working within the rules of the universe? Or are we going further and saying there's an underground civilization of human <laughs> beings that have retained their humanity and are a subservient <laughs> class that cannot be seen or else all will be torn asunder? I think we could maybe, go with me here, I think we could maybe have like a higher level of Kachanan and then some shakier details and maybe demarcate that somehow, you know? Like the first thing you said about the manufacturer, I think that we can cut it, print it definitely in the Kachanan. All right. I think we should put the second bit in there, but maybe mark it as something. You know, I can't quite think of the term. What I keep coming back to is utter nonsense. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think it is. I think it's, I don't know. Is it does that make sense to you? Do you do you like that idea to have some higher levels of Kachanan, or should it all be like be able to be cut into steel, you know? I think we need to really own the Kachanan yeah. and say, here is the hard and fast rule of the Kachat. This is what is true. Okay. And to me, that means we have to make bold claims instead of just Okay, well, it could be this or something like that. No, I think there is an underground human civilization <laughs> that keeps things running within the Cars universe, and that is my Kachanan. You know, you're brave, and th that bravery has to be rewarded. It's in the Kachanan, John. Let's All do right. It. The last big one, and this one's going to be short because it's essential to our podcast. I just, but we need to discuss it before putting it in there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to discuss Mater's Godhood a little bit. All right. And obviously Mater's Godhood's going to go in the Kachan. Mm-hmm. It can't not. It can't not. It is, it is the things we, we come back to. Forklifts, Mater, the manufacturer. Those are the three pillars that hold up the Kachat. <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta establish the pillar of Mater as a god. All right. Now, do we want to say what kind of god? A god of mischief? Or do we just want to say that he is the god king mater? Because I know I just said we have to like say a very specific thing, but I, th I like the idea of having a like fundamental founding principle of the Kachanan just be the sentence, he is the one true god king mater. Yeah, that's that's another thing I'm trying to figure out about the Kachanan here. Cause like, do we need to then say evidence, evidently from his 
many tall tales and when he met death or do we just need to say nah mater's got god powers i would say that mater just has god powers works but we have discussed his sister's existence which is straight canon yeah which makes everything rough that does would you settle for Tomater is some sort of godlike being with immense, immense reality bending powers? Or is that too much? I think Mater has god powers works for me. I want to put something in there. I want the words reality bending to be in there because I think that that is a important qualifier. Because like it's not just that he, he's not super strong. He could be, but that's not his power. He can make himself a vampire or whatever, you know, he can make reality be what his, his thing is. And I think that that is an important part of what we think Mater's powers are. And I do think it follows the rule of like mischief and comedy of, but it has to be funny or serve a narrative. Mm. Roger Rabbit style. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mater has reality-bending, godlike powers that must serve narrative or comedic effects. Yeah. I think that's our strongest bit of Kachanan yet. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen for some of it, but I think mm-hmm. that sentence is our strongest one. Okay. Is there anything else big? Like, we can add some smaller stuff in there as we go, as we do more episodes, etc., as we think, oh, yeah, we do think that something but is there anything else foundational to the kachat that we need to put in there good question i'm sure there is yeah frankly it'd be weird if there weren't because like i like the teeth thing right Mm -hmm. i don't think that's on the level of the other stuff we've discussed today i would have to agree that that is not as substantial as uh god powers uh, and while I would be free- willing to discuss adding it at a later date, I really want our first ones to be the, the important stuff. The important stuff about cars, you know. Is there anything about the Plains universe or Dusty? Do we need to put that? Do we want to put anything about Dusty's powers to always be the best at whatever he tries? Or is that more a complaint we have about the narrative of these movies? I'm okay with it being both. Yeah, that's fair. I'm okay with one of our fundamentals being that so long as he tries, Dusty will succeed. This is a fault within the universe. This is both a fault of the story and a truth of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an unfortunate truth. There we go. So whatever Dusty Crophopper attempts, he will succeed and inevitably be the best at. Yep. Okay, I love that. Which is why it's good that he has never raced Lightning McQueen. Mm, okay, here's one. Do we want to put Forklifts being a second-class citizen? <laughs> we, come, we come back to that one a lot. I mean, we have to, really, because it is a fundamental truth of the Carsverse. Yeah, this one is less something we have come up with, I feel like, and something 
more something that just keeps happening in the movies and shows and whatnot. Something hard not to notice. Yeah. Can you give me a good sound bite of how you would describe it? A good sentence or two? The overpowered and underserved forklifts are a tragedy that exist within this universe. Do we want to add anything about, like, without them, society would immediately crumble? Uh, They are certainly the arbiters who uh, represent and enact the will of the manufacturer. (laughs) No, I don't know about that. And suffer for it. I I think... What the manufacturer does and what the forklifts do are two separate deals. I think think they were gifted a great deal of strength by the manufacturer and ability, of course. Sure. And uh, they pay for it on the daily. I don't know. Because to me, the manufacturer does what no one can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they do it secretly. Uh. And for everything else, there's MasterCard. There's Guido. Uh, Yep. So, I don't know if we want to put them as like, they are, you know, the entire working class of the Carsverse, or, I don't know, I like the idea of just society would crumble. Uh, They are the backbone of society, and without them, anarchy would reign. Hmm. Something like that, you know? I think it's not necessarily anarchy or anything like that. It's just nothing would be done. Yeah. Nothing could be done. Yeah. I like that. I think it's important. I mean, as I said, the three pillars, forklifts, mater, and the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So we got that. We got post-human. We got biological with some extra info, thanks to the wizard. Uh, Mater Godhood, yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty good about where we've landed here. You want to call it, or you want to throw... Do we want to throw in, just each of us, something minor we've decided about it that we like? I have mine, unfortunately. Babies exist, but are not allowed to be seen. Mm, I like that. Hey, we had that whole discussion last week, and that never came up. But I like it a lot, so sure. It can always be erased from the Kachanan. I was gonna say the Roomba thing, that Roombas are genetically modified uh, super soldiers. That's more I don't... Cars canon than something we've said. I found yeah, I that on a wiki. I don't think that's Kachanan. I think that's just canon. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let me go through <laughs> some episode titles. Mm, I like... Trains are demigods? Yes. Trains are demigods uh, shackled to the earth by their uh, their tracks to av- to make sure they don't get too powerful. Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yep. As unto the ideals of gods for humanity, they are beings with ultimate power and no free will. We've said some stuff over the course of 144 episodes of this show, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have it any other way. Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And it's episodes like these where we sort of look back uh, on it, in which I really appreciate y'all. And especially uh, this week, specifically the wizard, but anyone who's ever written in, there is, and I genuinely mean this, 
I love the people we know personally who listen to this podcast and I super appreciate it, but there is no feeling on earth like getting an email from someone and getting to think, who is this and how did they stumble upon the kachat? <laughs> and I am so happy that they felt uh, comfortable sending in a question. People like JT and Jack and Caden and now the wizard, etc. That we appreciate that so much. So if you want to be like them and get your name set on the show, again, the wizard, if you have a name that you would like us to call you, please email us back and let us know. Uh, you can do that, the wizard and everyone else, at our email address, which is thekachat at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us uh, and DM us on Twitter for now uh, at thekachat. There is no hyphen in either of those. Now John says his part of the outro. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer.